0: Fight Back with Libby Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown.
1: Well, when the news came down yesterday afternoon that Glenn Campbell had passed away uh, after his six-year battle with Alzheimer's disease at the age of 81, I had a couple of different thoughts, uh, one of which was, of course, about his music and how much it influenced all of us in the 60s and 70s all his many um, hit songs that really provide a lot of the soundtrack for that era. So there was some thought about that. And then because many of us have been touched by Alzheimer's disease, um, most recently I lost my mother-in-law to the disease. She battled she battled it for many years. Um, first it just appeared to be forgetfulness and then dementia and then you need caregivers at home and then eventually you have to make that decision. Uh, that the person that you love needs to uh, have full-time care in a facility away from their home. So you think about... Glenn Campbell's family having to deal with that. Uh, I wonder about your thoughts and Glenn Campbell's passing. So I invite your phone calls during this next discussion, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And with the recent tragic loss of Glen Campbell, we're reminded that over 560,000 Canadians are living with Alzheimer's or another dementia illness. Globally, at least 44 million people are living with dementia. More than total population, the total population of Canada, so indeed it is a global health crisis. In less than 15 years, here's another stat for you, close to a million Canadians will have dementia. Joining us on the line, the CEO of the Alzheimer's Society of Toronto, Kathy Barrick, and Dr. Carmela Tartaglia, a neurologist with the Toronto Western Hospital Memory Clinic. Welcome to you both.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: I want to talk about Glenn Campbell first, uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Uh Would it be fair to say that his music helped him have a better quality of life, even in advanced Alzheimer's? Yeah, we definitely think, uh, you know, there's a lot of evidence that music therapy and um,
3: being able to do art therapy is really helpful uh, for people who are, you know, maybe losing other abilities um, that involve lots of memory. His, his music, uh, you know probably was in you know ingrained in parts of his brain that he retained for long periods of time. I mean, oftentimes people will say, well, they can't have Alzheimer's disease because they remember things from long ago. Well, actually, that's it. In Alzheimer's disease, you forget things that are of the recent past, but of the remote past, those memories are actually quite vivid. And so his memories for how he played music... Uh, the lyrics he sang and and wrote a long time ago, uh, those he retained till you know cl- close to the very end.
1: What kind of research um, is involved with this? How to preserve the brain 's capabilities for longer is it Is it just music or are have have other ways been discovered? Well, I think the greatest evidence to date is really uh, education,
3: continuing. Uh, lifelong learning. There's lots of evidence that uh, higher education is protected to the brain. Uh, people will develop Alzheimer's disease or other dementias later on, uh, the more education you get when you're when you're when you're young. But there's accumulating evidence that if you have lifelong learning, so lifelong learning on the job or, you know, in your hobbies or whatever you, you choose to, to um, participate in, is really actually very good for the brain, this building up of science, Synapses, these connections in the brain, you know, to be able to remember things. is like building up muscle. And so there's evidence that even when you're doing this later in life, even if you're doing it when you've already got the start of a disease, uh,
1: this is actually good for you. So the the reading and doing the things that you enjoy, even with that diagnosis, uh, should not be a preventative to continue to try to enjoy those pastimes on some level.
3: I agree. And, you know, not just reading. Reading is a very passive. And a lot of us, if you remember things, you know, or, or you're just skimming through the pages. So we actually encourage people to actually learn. Mm-hmm. And learning in a social environment is actually the best thing. Learn a language, even if it's later on in life. Pick up a new hobby. You don't have to become a world expert astronomer or, you know, a gardener, but it's just the act of learning. And especially when it's in a social situation, there's lots of evidence that this is good for the
1: brain. I want to turn the discussion now to Kathy, Kathy Barrack, CEO of the Alzheimer Society of Toronto. Um, how is it going there with funding, making a difference? What is the Alzheimer's Society doing to uh, either fight the disease or, or fund research? Uh, we're doing a, a lot of both actually.
2: So in terms of funding, I mean sadly um situations like Glenn Campbell actually raise awareness for the disease. So that's actually helpful to us in the in uh, in our fundraising efforts because people are certainly more aware of it these days. Um, but what we do primarily at the Alzheimer Society of Toronto is actually sort of what you just referenced is that even though people have a diagnosis, there's still lots of opportunity to have a good life and we try to provide programs that um, give them opportunity to do that. And then another big part of what we do as well is looking after the caregivers because this is not an isolated disease. Um, it's not just the person with dementia that is affected, but you see it obviously in, in the whole
1: family. And when people give to the Alzheimer's Society, what can they what can they know about where their money is going? Well, at the Alzheimer's Society of Toronto, the
2: money goes directly to helping people that are facing the disease. So people, you know, your neighbors, uh, maybe a person across the street who has dementia, we are there to help them. And, and related specifically to, to Glen Campbell, we actually have a music project, which is an amazing project that, um, provides personalized playlists on iPods to people with dementia so that they can tap into those um, long-ago memories uh, related to the music that they love.
1: 416-360-0740, toll-free, 866 740 your memories of Glenn Campbell, his music, uh, whether Alzheimer's has touched you or your family. Let's go to Charlene in Toronto. Hi, Charlene
4: hi um i grew up listening to uh, glenn campbell um my mother i had at least one of his albums and was playing it and unfortunately she died later on of alzheimer's and um you know i had to watch her deteriorate and yeah. just go from a woman who was very intelligent to someone at the baby stage. you know what i mean and it yep. was it's hard but it did sum up her behavior before her diagnosis because she was paranoid and angry and she was giving me a hard time in my life and then it just realized that that's one of the symptoms of Alzheimer's. That's and right.
1: That's not really how she felt about you. That's that's the disease.
4: Yes, yes. So I, I have to forgive her now that she is gone. But Glenn Campbell song um, I'm still gonna miss I'm I'm not gonna miss you, his mm-hmm. last song mm-hmm. I listened to it this morning on your station and it, it was very accurate of what someone goes through with Alzheimer's.
1: Right, because the he he's saying I'm not going to miss you because I'm not going to remember you. My me, my memory won't recall you.
4: Yeah, I mean the person goes. So when my mother died, it wasn't I wasn't as sad. Let's say as let's say my father's death because I mean we already lost her. Yes. I mean obviously I'm sad about this, but um, we've already lost her before that. I mean you know and um, the, the day before she died, I was there sitting with her, and it was. It was just terrible to see what—she couldn't do anything anymore. She just—she couldn't eat. She couldn't move. She couldn't do anything. Ugh.
1: Yeah, you know, I, um, I printed off um, an article that was published in March— uh, and it's all about Kim Campbell the longtime wife of Glenn Campbell and what it has been like from her perspective and so if you have a moment to Google Glenn Campbell's wife uh, to other Alzheimer's caregivers her message is you're not alone and so much of what I was reading in it is reminiscent of what my husband and his brother and sister and 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 us as partners dealt with when um, their mother had Alzheimer's and when she was and when she was dying and in her last days and and even after she she died, and it's interesting. Kim Campbell uh, says this too about Glenn. She says, you know, in in March. So he's this is six months ago. She was saying that he'll say little phrases, like he might say something, but the words don't register for him. And she says, but he still has his essence. And I think that's what we all missed about my mother-in-law when she died, that her essence, because the odd time you would get a little phrase or a comment that sounded like her when she was well. So they're still in there. Um, it's just that they're very far removed from what they once were.
4: Well, yes. But it's good that my mother did not know what she was going through because she would not be happy. She didn't know go. She, you know, her dignity was lost, and she wouldn't want to f- have to face that.
1: No, thank you, Charlene. Thanks for calling okay. in. Okay. let's go to Marge in Oakville. Hi, Marge. You're on Zoomer Radio. Marge, are you there? Um, you know, I'll get back to our guests here. Uh, I think we've lost Marge, but um, you're welcome to call in 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. On the line with us, the CEO of the Alzheimer's Society of Toronto, Kathy Barrack, and Dr. Carmela Tartaglia, neurologist at the Toronto Western Hospital Memory Clinic. I want to ask both of you, Doctor. I'll start with you. Do we see a cure for Alzheimer's or new medications at the very least? Yeah, I mean we're very optimistic. There, are, there have been a number of very significant discoveries
3: in the, you know, the last few years, and so we have a lot of clinical trials right now with people who have Alzheimer's disease, looking at trying to stop the disease uh, um, before it progresses. Uh, you know, more and more of these these treatments are targeted at very, very early stages of disease. So, you know, we're moving towards really stopping the disease right at the beginning. Um, so there's been a lot of progress and we, you know, we stay in this area because we are optimistic we're going to be able to find something. Um, But I think the more we understand, the more knowledge we gain in research, the better we're going to become at trying to fight this.
1: Now, could Glenn Campbell have actually died of Alzheimer's disease or would it be an Alzheimer's disease related syndrome? Well, usually
3: that's what happens in dementia. People, you know, they lose the ability to walk and eat and, uh, you know, swallow properly. So, you know, it's not the Alzheimer's disease in the brain that kills you per se, like a big giant tumor that, you know, crushes parts of the brain that are important for respiration. But the disease goes into an advanced stage, so you're no longer able to take care of yourself. You you really succumb to infections, uh, to not, you know, just terminal you know not from not dying in the sense of like a heart attack or a big stroke mm-hmm. but dying from a uh, you know more of a a, a way where you cannot Nourish yourself anymore, or you you know you're so weak you can't fight off infections anymore. So it's more of a, a palliative approach. So what we we think of in people who die of terminal cancer, when the cancer is not killing you per se, uh, you're not dying from a heart attack, you're not dying from you know a, a big you know bleed in the brain. You're dying slowly because your brain your body can no longer uh, take care of you, and that's the same thing with Alzheimer's. It really robs you of your ability to To really fight off um, all the things that we do in our regular lives and so it, you know where I think we move towards a palliative approach where towards the end there are no active treatments per se so you know we don't necessarily give antibiotics every time somebody will you know get an infection because they can't swallow properly Um, but we treat
1: them in terms of a more compassionate way make sure they're comfortable and taking, you know, taken care of. And Kathy, Kathy Barrack, CEO of the Alzheimer Society of Toronto, I'll give you the final word here as we approach uh, the end of the half hour. Well, I think,
2: um, you know, Glad
1: Campbell is, is a sad um, story, that's for sure.
2: But I think even in his, in his sad story, I think there's some beautiful moments um, in it as well in terms of how his family rallied around him, how he was still connected to his music. And even, you know, right to the end, you know, he, he and his family's commitment to raising awareness of the disease is, is helpful to all of us. So um, sad, but with some silver linings as
1: well. And and please give us uh, the information for the Alzheimer's Society of Toronto for more information. Our website is alz.to. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Kathy Barrick of the Alzheimer's Society of Toronto and Dr. Carmela Tartaglia at the Toronto Western Hospital Memory Clinic.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.